This week two NFL DFS NBA playoffs and U.S. Open edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast. It's presented by MyBookie.ag. Winning season is back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy, DraftKings. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter code SGP to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. That's code SGP only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with NBA, NHL, college football, MLB, and the NFL back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's betql.co, promo code SGP20. Finally, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceforhead.com slash SGP. This is Jerry Glanville, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Welcome everyone to the sports gambling podcast. I'm Sean second, the money green with my partner in picks, right? Real money Kramer. It's happening. Real money. You said we're talking NBA tonight. So of course I went and got my basketball fan shirt. Yes. You're wearing your Linsanity shirt. We will be doing a little uh, NBA playoffs with Ryan McKee of the uh, Sean, what are they doing to us? Too much sports at it, once. It, you know, I'm not going to complain because we also have at the end of the podcast U.S. Open golf talk with Steve Shermer. We're going to be talking to NBA playoffs with Ryan McKee. The first segment, of course, will be John Jackson, DFS Insider. It's going to be breaking down, giving out DraftKings lineups, doing it all, talking football. Of course, uh, make sure you check out Week Three College Football Picks podcast. That is up on the feed. And the new debut of the recap show, where we recap week one, and we're going to be recapping every week right after the Sunday night game ends. Going to hop on, knock out a podcast recap, and then give out some Monday night uh, football prop bets. Did pretty solid in the prop bets. What killed it, or what killed me, was Lindsay. I think oh. you were on Philip Lindsay as well. Over. 34. He had like 27, 28 at halftime and then got hurt. So we were on the right side of that. And uh, unfortunately, my Juju Shepherd plus 170 heads up matchup, it pushed. Yes. I cashed on the uh, Juju over and uh, that felt pretty good in the receiving yards. Kramer, you talked a bunch of shit about the Eagles on the recap show. And uh, there was for a brief moment. When uh, they caught that first touchdown, the Giants were up seven nothing. I could see, I could see the gears going in your brain of like maybe there is a chance. Maybe Daniel Jones is making that leap in the second year. Maybe the defense is actually good. And then uh, we saw a what was it a nineteen play drive end in a comical failure. I can't make that throw. Look, we don't need to get into it. Why? This is a perfect time to get into it. it. But if we were to get into it, I would say I was. uh, uh, 
it's game one, right? No preseason. Daniel Jones had some good throws. They started the game well. The game. I'm a little worried because that was the book on Jason Garrett in Dallas all these years. Pretty good at the first 10 to 15 plays. Scripted. And uh, look, I'll take the positives for what they are. The defense looked okay. Uh, I, I think this Pittsburgh team, it might be good. That's what I'm telling myself right now. That's the other positive I'm going to take here is that that was a good defense. That was a good team. And once Ben shook the rust off, as they said on the broadcast, he just started connecting with those receivers. And that's the problem with this defense is that secondary, but I was, I was impressed with the front seven now. And I was impressed with most of what Daniel Jones did other than when he just, he has this ability to have no idea what's going on around yeah. him. And it works both for and against him because he does. hangs in there he when there's crazy him. pressure and sometimes he just gets demolished. And then sometimes he throws a Is it crazy pass. to say this. I'm going to say something controversial. I'm listening, Ryan. For someone who rooted for Eli Manning for the past 15 years. Yes. Took, took this two super bowls happily. I am enjoying the variance. Because as I told you last night, it's better than just falling down. Like la Eli last night would have fell down a lot. And, All right. So and that I enjoy, is that is a ultimate spin zone move here. Oh, I'd much rather because I didn't think Daniel Jones was going to be the risk taker, the gunslinger. That certainly wasn't what people were hitting him with coming out. That was that was a Drew Lock thing. That was not a Daniel Jones thing. So the fact that he has that and he has. Because the quality we're talking about, the na naivete and the quietness of not reacting to pressure is what great quarterbacks have. I think the great quarterbacks are aware. They're just calm. I, I'm, I'm yet to know if Daniel Jones is aware. And that's the impressive thing. He's still got to dial in that clock because if you're not going to be aware, you have to learn how to count to four or three <laughs> or two and a half with this Giants offensive line. So. Sure. Ryan you, you over can, under over under uh laps that the team has to mm -hmm. run in the Joe judge. Uh, Ryan, you forgot to do your catchphrase, which is it's catching on all rise. No, after that to game, run laps. No, after that game, it, it's all rise. Okay. It's you're, just all you're rise. slow rolling. it. But you know, football's back. Football's back. We won some bets. We had a winning week. We did uh, our full record. I was nine, six, and one. You were eight, seven, and one. That's of course, hit my <laughs> hit my lock, hit the Jags money line. That was an awesome bet there, and uh, it was just an awesome week of football. We're getting ready, geared up. Of course, mybookie.ag, the presenting sponsor of the Sports Gambling Podcast. They got your U.S. Open bets. They got your NBA playoff bets, and they of course have the National Football League. Anything you want to bet on. Started off the MyBookie Super Contest at a very respectable three and two. I don't know how I didn't have the Seahawks in there. We were all over the Seahawks. I'm, I got three and a half points, bro. Well, I'm nipping at your heels, and we're three one and one in the Circa Millions Contest. Three and, and a half points there. The Odd Shark Capper Contest. Everything's coming together, and of course, make sure you guys review the podcast because each Monday, hashtag Merch Monday, oh. I will be rewarding a review. With a uh, to get a free shirt or hat, and of course support the so podcast. Nice. Go to mybookie.ag promo code SGP for a one hundred percent deposit bonus. Play, win, and get paid. Joining us on the line, DFS expert for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, John Jackson. John, how was your week one? 
Uh, week one was great, man. I got up at. Uh, you can hear him smiling. Sleep. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got up at four thirty in the morning. I could not sleep. I had all these tickets that I'd won in basketball contexts to get into the NFL, and I was just hand building all morning. I could not freaking wait for the games to kick off. Yeah, I mean, I, I of course went ham doing uh, twenty three DraftKings millionaire lineups and. I mean, at five dollars a piece, it was just like I gotta load up, I gotta yeah. ke- and then every oh wait, what about that? What about that? It was a high scoring week one. It really was, and it was crazy. And uh, and John actually tweeted it out. The guy who got second place, who had who won two hundred grand, I think he he had one guy in his lineup that had a zero. Which yeah, is he had uh, he had Robert Tanyan in there from from the Packers. We put up a goose egg, and he still won two hundred k. Imagine That's, that. It's insane, and yeah, I mean, just for comparison, when I had my what was his score. It was uh, like in the two fifties. Yes, yeah, I mean, yeah. when I won, yeah. I was like one ninety seven. So I mean, it was just nonstop, crazy. I mean, and it was like definitely clustered between a couple games. That Packers Vikings game, yeah. ton of scoring. I mean, uh, you had, you had to have a lot of shares of the Falcons or Seahawks. Falcons Seahawks, and then uh, Panthers mm-hmm. Raiders. Uh, so yeah, those seemed like a couple big games where just people went off. It was also a pretty, uh, it was a pretty chalky week one. I feel like Josh Jacobs going off. Devonte Adams was chalk and hit. Um, yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Was well, who were the big surprises of like no name guys? Coming well, hold out? on, you think it's interesting that they uh, they give you a little taste, a little taste of scoring <laughs> yeah. points, winning uh, to to draw you in all the way. Yeah, I mean, this is the ult. If you're a bookie, you're just like, oh yes. A lot of yes, favorites covered. Please. All the all the chalk oh, fantasy yeah. plays. Well, with the exception, of course, of Saquon Barkley. Kramer. Oh, stop. We have to talk about Saquon. He's eighty four hundred dollars yeah. in DraftKings. Oh, John, why why will no one lower the price on Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Part of part of it is that Steelers defense looks so freaking good last night, though. I mean. Uh, I don't know. They, he had no, he had no room to do anything. There was just three guys in the backfield before he even got the ball. Sean is trying to throw as much shit as possible because we're just, it's just mud flinging. Saquon Saquon is the new Odell Beckham where except he has a better attitude where it's like he had a couple big flash plays, couple big flash games, not necessarily helping you win. And now you can see the frustration and Saquon on the Relax, sideline. Last 12 games, he's only had 200 yard gains. And then you say, whoa, wait, it's the pass catching in that 12 game stretch. Yep. Only uh, more than five passes twice. Okay, let's not overreact. He was coming off the high ankle sprain for the second half of last year. So let's. But one I game mean, against an elite defense. John called it out. This this Steelers <laughs> defense, they look like something special. Okay, I, I think the Steelers' defense was good, but I, I think something is wrong with Saquon. You can throw the O line as much shade as you want, but really, <laughs> he, he's just he he dances around uh, too much back there in the backfield. Doesn't hit, the, doesn't get that plant foot going uh, you know upfield. Keep going. I'm I'm sa- I, I'm saving it this for the main event. I have plenty of Carson Wentz material. Don't worry. John Jackson is here on the line, and yeah, John, you say. also uh, in your trend column you put out for Week One. Highlighting some trends going into week one, you went at 15, 8, and 1. Oh, Jesus. And that, of course, is for free up at Sports Gambling Podcast. But uh, what were what were some of your big wins or what were a couple like interesting trends you had in there? Yeah, I mean, so I was really big on the overs this week. Um, and I actually don't off the top of my head know the total on on all the overs, how they all did, but I I I did some searching back through on some of the shorter off-season years and 
you know, it was 2011 when the NFL lockout and the shortened OTAs. And then I went back to freaking 1987 um, when there was another lockout and there was kind of some weird, uh, some weird uh, uh, holdouts there. And, and so, you know, in 2011, the overs went 12 and four in week one. And in all five seasons on, you know, before 2011 and after 2011, there, there was like one season or two seasons that overs had a winning record. Um, and they went 12 and four that year. And so I was really big on the overs. Those did good. And then I was really big on any games that had home underdogs and an over and, and those did really well too. Um, I think my biggest, uh, my biggest bet of the week was the Cardinals. Um, and so, so that was money. I mean, the super bowl losers, um, are four and 16 against the spread in week one since 2000. So that was a prime spot to bet on Kyler Murray. And he, he delivered the Kai God. I, I honestly, I was surprised. I thought Hopkins, it would take him a little while because of no preseason short off season. I was surprised that he, he hit the ground running career high in targets and just lit up this 49ers defense. I mean, he I hit should, the ground running with Brock Osweiler. Of that, course he's going to hit the ground running no, with the air raid and Kyler. Yeah, Murray. you're right. I mean, I just thought it would take a little bit cause he's got, you know, but they, they spread him out and uh, yeah, Arizona could be for real. Stay tuned. All right. We're going to be doing a DFS week two NFL lineup. But before we get to that, shout out to DraftKings, of course, baby. Oh man, week one, so much fun. Week two, it's back. You can still win millions of dollars. We still have 17 weeks of opportunities. Oh boy. I'm checking my DraftKings best ball lineups. I think the one that we did with John on air is one of my worst ones. <laughs> uh, I'm in third, fourth place a lot. And I and I'm I even kind of have like um the guy, a couple like running backs that are gonna take over for injured running backs. So I'm loving the I'm loving the best ball. I'm loving all the action over at DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now. Use that code SGP for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week two action. Enter that code SGP to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit. It's code SGP only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Just so you know, Kramer, they spell it in the copy R E I G N because you're going to be a king. Kramer, we'll let you kick things off. Who is your quarterback for week two? DFS? Oh man! Well, you know what I saw? I saw a couple teams who who look like you want to start looking to fade, and one of those is Atlanta. And I said, okay, well, let's rain Dakota Prescott. Threw it in there. I even had a double stack with multiple Cowboys. And I go said, home and get your fucking shine box. What am I doing? I'm not actually <laughs> going to give out a lineup where rain Dakota Prescott is my quarterback. If I wasn't a cowboy header, I might look to do that this week. It's a great matchup, but Certainly I went is. to the other side because Matty ice is just going to sling the rock this year. They're not going to play any defense and sure. I, I, I generally don't like to, uh, I like to fade recently recency typically, but I wa- I've seen enough. This Falcons team is what we thought they were. They're going to be fantasy contributors. No real life uh, defense. It's it's a perfect scenario on the road in Big D against the team that made Jared Goff look pretty good. Matt Ryan goes off sixty six hundred. All right, I like it. What are you uh, What are you doing here at the QB spot, John? Yeah, so I, I took a look at the Atlanta Dallas game for sure. I mean, that's it, got the highest total um, on the board, I think, right now. Um, but I decided to go back to the well on a guy who did well for me last week. Um, and I went Josh Allen here. Um, 
you know, he's 6,700. Um, he's kind of in that bottom tier or, you know, mid tier there, uh, below some, some of the studs. And one of the things that jumped out at me last week on, on uh, QB ownership was it was pretty spread out. I felt like, um, and I think now we're adding Mahomes, we're adding prep back in. Um, I think the QB ownership is going to be pretty spread out again this week. There's a lot of pretty good options. So I don't think you have to get too crazy. Um, I like Allen. I mean, he, he dominated, I mean, really against the New York jets. And um, I think he's going to do the same against the dolphins. Yeah. One thing to point out with Josh Allen, I, I believe he had almost half the carries for the team. So, and again, that's why I was so high oh, yeah. on him in season long and made him the number one fantasy football quarterback is because they're going to use him at the goal line. He loves running. I mean, you had the couple fumbles, but other than that, uh, well, he was just racking think, up points, rush yards, t- rushing touchdowns. I think a lot of the analytical nerd community called out regression in his rushing statistics. He came out week one, showed everyone no plans to regress. So, Sean, Sean, I think John just said you don't have to get cute this week. The ownership is going to be spread out. Don't don't go crazy. Now, I already have two lineups in the bank. One is a Tom Brady. Nobody believes in the Tampa Bay Bucks at home against the Carolina Panthers. Great spot. That's a fun lineup. I got that one going. But for the podcast and for entertainment purposes, and because I I do like this matchup at home. The newly red hot Mitchell Trubisky squaring off against the Giants defense. He played half a quarter well. <laughs> well, he threw for three touchdowns. Now the Giants defense didn't look amazing oh. against Pittsburgh. Short week. Now they're going to Chicago. Mm. Trubisky coming off a three touchdown fourth quarter, <laughs> coming in with a little heat, a little confidence. Time and, to sell, sell. And the Giants are susceptible to the QB run. He's also a Bargain basement price at fifty five hundred bucks. Give me Mitchell Truth Bisky. Mm. Kramer, what are you doing for your running back? I hate that you did that, but I I did scroll down there and say, wow, it's a pretty good price for a quarterback that runs a bit. My first running back. This is this week. It's all about making room in my garage to maximize my my. It's all escalades. Give me Derrick Henry. Love the matchup. Uh, I mean. I wouldn't say that Indy had their way on the ground, but I think teams are going to be able to have their way on the ground against this Jacksonville team. Sure. They, they played well in one, one spot, Derrick Henry. I I think they're going to lean early and often, especially with the, whatever happens with their special team situation. (laughs) Uh, Henry gets in the end zone twice, 7,900. You got it. Must this is this is, I guess the chalkiest play on my, in my, I, I consider tossing them in. I just, I, I didn't find room for him. And I, and I thought the Jags run defense played a little bit better than you did. They only let up, I think like 88 total yards, but that was at home in the heat. Now they're going on the road. Tennessee does have a short week, but you, I, Derek Henry's a huge volume play. You too. circle this spot as just the ultimate while well, Jags just got this sneaky win in a yeah. great spot for them. Tennessee and, walked away from a bad, bad spot with a win. So for them to come home now, I think I think people probably overvaluing Jacksonville anyway. Well, Derek, and, and they're getting Henry involved in the passing game, coming off three catches, so that helps you as well. A lot, lot of a lot of reason to like thirty-one him. carries too. Yeah, yeah. he's just, a volume beast. Well, and it, again, he's not the most expensive guy, so seventy-nine hundred. Derrick Henry. What are you doing, John? First running back, RB one, as the kids call him. Yeah, so so I'm totally on board with Kramer here um, on on loading up the Escalades. I mean, that was my <laughs> one of my main uh, takeaways last week was we need to fit in as many of these stud running backs as possible, and there's plenty of kind of 
receivers in the bargain bin. And so I'm doing that again this week. Um, and I'm going to play Zeke here, um, who I think has an option to provide some leverage for people who are trying to maybe get away from the Atlanta and Dallas game. Um, I think a lot of people are going to stack Dak and Cooper and CD lamb and, and uh, you know, may not fit Elliot in there. And so if Elliot, you know, does well, gets a couple touchdowns, um, that'll provide some pretty big leverage over the Dallas stacks. Yeah. I like that angle. Little, little zigzag there. I mean, mine, I don't know if there's a super escalate, but Christian McCaffrey, again, he's 10,000 bucks, but he's going against the bucks down in Florida. And again, this is just a huge volume play. He, I mean, normally I like to fade a guy coming off two touchdowns, but he almost had a quiet game. He only had 96 rushing yards. He didn't break one off only had four, uh, four targets and three catches still put up 28 four fantasy points. And again, you're paying up for it, but uh, I love Christian McCaffrey going against his bucks defense. We saw what Kamara did at home. And I, I think Christian McCaffrey could have a similar game, if not better. So give me a CMC Kramer second running back. Well, I, I wanted to pull this up because I, I have memories of him not doing well last year against Tampa. I, I'm, I'm looking at it. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't do well last year. Neither game. He did well. It's new year, Ryan. He had two touchdowns in the second one, but neither game had good yardage results. Anyway, uh, yeah, go yeah, on. that's a bad game if McCaffrey just gets you two touchdowns and hundred <laughs> yards. No, I know it's crazy. Uh, where are we at, Sean? Am I up? Yes, I, running back too. Well, I know this is a bit of a this is the z- a zig play, and that's uh, everyone's going to be talking about Joshua Kelly, how good he looked. We agree, he looked very physical. Uh, I think Anthony Lynn is not liking the hit to the reputation of his guy, the guy that could jump over five of those foam blockers. <laughs> and that's Austin Eckler, 6,500. We love the matchup. David Johnson had a pretty, pretty productive day uh, against Kansas city in an opening day game that uh, I think Houston probably would love to have back. Yeah. But uh, I think Eckler could have some, some, uh, some work here. He's going to get a little bit more work in the passing game. I think that's where we see maybe an overreaction from the offense. They force feed him a bit 6,500 Austin Eckler love the matchup. He uh, I'll say this. If you want to have fun this weekend, Austin Eckler to score the most fantasy points. Ooh. Okay. It's a nice little prop bet. What are you doing for your second running back, John? Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and go with Jonathan Taylor here um, as my second running back. Um, I mean, the rookie was only second out of all running backs this week in receiving yards. He had 67 receiving yards. That was this big kind of question mark coming out of Wisconsin: is is he going to be able to survive in the passing game? And I think he he showed that pretty well. Obviously, now Marlon Mack gone for the season with the torn Achilles. That's all everybody needed who was drafting Taylor in the third and fourth round um, this year. And so I just think, uh, I think he's going to have a big week and he's going to step into the limelight here against the Vikings. And we saw what, what, I mean, the, the green Bay backs had, had a decent day. So uh, there's there's opportunity there. Yeah. And all uh, all four of the green Bay backs. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Um, well, and I, I kind of took the, I took the other big back in that. Um, well, not necessarily a big back, but Ooh. in the pass catching game, he's still involved. Naheem Hines. He's only 5,300. I mean, John made a great case for, uh, uh, for Taylor there 5,700, but I, I think you can make a, still a good case at Hines. He, I don't see why he wouldn't see another eight targets, if not more with no Marlon Mack. 
And again, as you pointed out against this Minnesota porous defense, they're uh, they're Indy's back home in the dome. I think it's a great bounce back spot for them overall. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all in on Naheem Hines. Maybe it's a little too chalky, but 5,300, that pass catching ceiling. I'm all about it. You want a fun stack Hines and Taylor. Ooh, I, I have them penciled in right now. That's kind of an interesting uh, angle. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think this, this is going to be an offense that can support two running backs. I mean, Philip rivers did it all, all last season with Gordon and Eckler and yeah, I, I think Hines just... is, is awesome. Taylor's awesome. I think they both have starting potential for sure. Kramer second running back. What are you doing? Or no, already, sorry. Already, first receiver already gave you that onto my first receiver. I uh, I'm doing something sinful. I'm taking a Dallas Cowboy. Oh my God. Right. Michael Gallup. I mean, I didn't say anything when John did it. He's, you know, Michael Gallup. Uh, I'm going to put, throw him in there as my first receiver. 5,600 That is a disgusting act. I, I just watched the Falcons play defense last night and it's just not going to work. So I, I'm out. I'm out on uh I hate the fact that I have to play a cowboy, but they're playing the Falcons this week. No, no, I'm trying to give our clients stone cold winners. As a Michael ca- Gallup, fifty six hundred. As a Cowboys backer, which you've now become, why not take Ceedee Lamb at forty seven hundred instead of Gallup at fifty six hundred? I liked what I saw. I mean, ga- throw away that uh, that bullshit uh, offensive pass interference penalty that we really enjoyed in the moment because it yeah. helped us win the game. Uh, he would have had a nice day. I, I think he has a huge day. I think he's going for over a hundred here. John, what are you yeah, doing? I think he's a uh, just real quick on Gallup. I think he's a buy low candidate and and uh, season long if if you can get him. I mean, he's on the field for ninety six percent of the snaps mm. um, on on Sunday night, and and he accounted for like thirty percent of their air yards. So I think they're still gonna they're still gonna go to Gallup a lot. And now with Jarwin out, I mean, those receivers are just gonna go off. Who's your Who's your um, first receiver? Yeah, so I went ahead and uh, and I stacked up Stefan Diggs um, with Josh Allen, uh, yeah. sixty five hundred. Um, I think uh, you know there were some question marks about maybe how how that continuity would be there um, with a new quarterback and Diggs and stuff like that. But I mean, I think he played pretty well against the Jets, um, and I just I don't know. I, I think these this uh, Dolphins team is just not going to be very good this year. So no problems stacking Diggs with Allen. Yeah. No, and I think even John Brown could have another decent game. Although he got the touchdown last game, Diggs didn't get one. Maybe he's due coming off that nine target H cat eight catch game. The only the only thing that scares me a little bit about that Bills Dolphins game is that in September Miami Heat this Bills team <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're not ready for it. But uh, I mean I mean we saw what happened in Jacksonville. That would be my only concern about loading up on Bills. But I, I like. I mean, again, what's not to like about Josh Allen, this guy receiver, I was high on him coming into the season. Not an amazing week one. That's fine. He still had six catches, 79 yards, not a touchdown. Chris Godwin. Now they're back at home. And uh, I think Brady's in line for a back a bounce back game. And again, the Panthers, that defense really was pretty flawed. And uh, it seems like Godwin is probably his favorite target. Um, on the Bucks, I mean, you could definitely make a case for Scotty Miller, but I, I think Godwin at home has a huge game. Seven thousand bucks, Chris Godwin. Love your Penn State guys. My second receiver, Sean. I'm staying in Big D. I'm going on the other side of the ball. I didn't have enough money for Ridley or Julio. That's okay. Let's go after Gage. He, all three receivers, Sean. What was strange stat line? Neato fact of the week: twelve targets, nine catches, all three of them. 
Sure, Gage, probably a lower ceiling than the other two, but 4,800. I'm get. I can get 12 targets. Dallas again. I don't. What, what are you thinking about this secondary? This is looks really st- bad. I mean, this, that was my point coming into the season. This is my Matt Ryan stack for this week. Uh, 4,800. Russell Gage. Love it, John. What are you doing? Uh, what are you doing? Second receiver. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna double up uh, the stack here with Josh Ooh. Allen and, and go ahead and do John Brown as well. Smokey nice. Brown. Um, one one of the things I was looking through the the Millie Maker results um, from this week and and the top uh, four lineups all had a double stack um, with Rogers uh, this week. So I think I think double stacking is the way to go for sure. Um, and I think both these guys that you know six thousand sixty five hundred still gives me an opportunity to get those escalades in. And I like it. Yeah. Get those escalades Earl Thomas in. also into the double stack. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. He's he loads up on the Sean, double stack. Second receiver. I yes. feel like you're either playing blackjack or you're making live. Roster I was, I was right trying now. to, I was trying to adjust my lineup. Oh, wow, I will, okay. I will not do it. Well, cause you already <laughs> talked about, we've already kind of hit on it. Calvin Ridley. Mm. I still like it. 6,800. Yeah. And yeah, he's coming off a huge game, but you got to play one of these Atlanta guys, I think, or, or I mean, why would you not want to get involved going against this? Yeah. Or just say, fuck it and do all of them and load up on Matt Ryan and just kind of go for it. But yeah, I mean that Dallas secondary looks so porous and uh, Calvin Ridley. And, and again, Atlanta's defense looks bad too. We, I don't see why there shouldn't be another shootout here. Uh, Dallas is going to put up some points. Yeah. So give me Calvin Ridley, 6,800. He's, he's that, you know, He's the Goldilock, right? He's not too hot like Julio Jones. You know, Gage he's, is probably at the bottom. Pretty, he's, he's right in the middle. He's pretty attractive. <laughs> my last or my yeah, last, my last receiver, last receiver, Paris Campbell. Yeah, uh, again, this uh, perhaps just a pricing problem with this one. Uh, you guys grabbed a running back from this one. I'll grab a receiver. The secondary is the youthful part of this defense, and the part I think is going to be exploitable all year long, or at least the first half of the year. Forty five hundred. Uh, he's he's the number two target from what I can tell from looking at the numbers, nine targets. Uh, and a they, lot of they, people were like, Oh, it's going to be the tight end. It's going to be Doyle. I don't uh, Paris Campbell look to be a guy that Phillip rivers is going to at least has some rapport with. I mean, yeah. And T Y Hilton couldn't get going, but uh, Paris Campbell, they also got him involved in the running game. I think he had a carry for like uh, 10 so yards or something. So I, I saved a couple bucks here, but it's a, it's a plus matchup and it seems as though Phillip rivers likes throwing to this guy. So uh, 4,500 Paris Campbell. I like it. John, what are you doing? Last receiver or in the receiver yeah, so I'm gonna, spot. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ride the coattails of Aaron Rodgers hot, a hot week one. And I'm going to go with uh, Alan Lazard as my yeah. wide receiver three. I mean, he's on the field for 87% of the snaps. Um, I, he did only get uh four targets, um, which is a little bit concerning, but I think, uh, Devonte Adams was just hogging everything and nobody could cover him from the Vikings. Um, so I think, uh, I think Lazard still has a potential there. I mean, Rogers loved him all camp. Um, and I think, uh, I think he's in for another big week. I mean, Detroit secondary isn't good either. So I think Rogers keeps rolling and then hopefully Lazard snags another touchdown. Yeah. Rogers for the first time when we've tried to say he's going to be in FU mode, <laughs> actually in FU mode this year, Sean, he heard all the regression talk said not not quite yet. This old gunslinger's well, got a little coincidence. He he finally got that nasty girl out of his house. <laughs> got that. Can focus on you know his buddies and and playing just, catch. 
slot. Yeah, slot in the tight end. You know, <laughs> little pitch and catch. All right. Speaking of the tight end, Sean, my tight end. Oh, do you mind if I do my third receiver? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm jumping really, ahead. I, I like this lineup. I'm sorry. This guy. I mean, again, I was high on him season long, and now um, with uh, Robinson requesting mm. a trade, Anthony Miller. <laughs> how is he not the go-to guy? What is this about the trade? Well, now, I, now it seems like his agent has come out and said it, the, the trade is real. Anthony Miller against wow. this Giants defense, he's only fifty two hundred. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe Allen Robinson decides to play, but that's got it. How does that not impact target share a little bit here? And what team does he get traded to? I have no idea, but I, I don't think he's going to have a huge game uh, against the Giants. Maybe, and maybe they're, they're able to put it aside. Either way, Anthony Miller fifty two hundred all day with that. All right. I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand the Robinson angle. I mean, he sees Trubisky bring him roaring back against the Lions, and then he immediately <laughs> asks for a trade. What the heck? Isn't this the most millennial thing? You you request a <laughs> trade after a win? Something happened. There's something else happened, yeah. and, they're, and they're trying to get out ahead of the media or something. Well, I, I don't know what the hell happened, but I mean, Mitch Trubisky threw three touchdowns, drove him down the field. Like, you finally things are working out in Chicago. Why would you request a trade? You got the win. Who does he think? Hey, what team is he going to go to? That's going to be a huge step up. Maybe the Patriots, I guess. But I, I don't know. We'll see where he ends up if he if he ends up getting traded. Penn State guy comes to Jersey, joins the New York Giants. That you guys don't need a receiver. Like that's not your issue. Is got it I was mean, a I, joke, Sean. Okay, good. Nailed it. Tight end. <laughs> hey, let's fade Arizona. Let's go back to that well. Logan Thomas, my guy, Ooh, yeah. quarterback from Virginia Tech, transitioned to the tight end position. Looked pretty good against your Philadelphia Eagles, Sean. Uh, got the target share, scored scored a touchdown. Dwayne Haskins not looking great, but this Arizona team, I didn't see. Uh, Kittle got hurt. That's why the the tight end position didn't absolutely shred them. And uh, I'm willing to lean into this one. He's only 3,600. That's not a bad price for a guy who's coming off an eight target game. And other than McLaurin, Sims looked fun, but I, I don't, if you were going to exploit a secondary, it was probably going to be the Eagles. Um, and like I said, I, I think this Logan Thomas is going to have a plus matchup heading to the desert. That's it. The like it. I think I called them the Redskins. I'm sorry. The football yeah, team. We'll bleep end. that out. Tight end. What are you doing, John? Yeah, so I think um, I think again, tight end a position for me where I'm gonna either be trying to sneak in Kelsey or Andrews, or then I'm gonna be trying to scroll to the bottom a little bit and uh, snag one of these guys that's around four thousand. So um, I decided to put in Jasicki here um, on the Dolphins. I mean, he's four thousand um, dollars. He, you know, he didn't have a great. Um, game one, but Devonte Parker's out looking like he's going to be out, um, for, for week two. And, you know, I think a lot of people will then go over to Preston Williams and load up on him, which I mean, it makes sense. He had 40% of the air yards, um, last week, but I think just a little bit of a pivot. And then what it also does is it gets me a bring back stack, uh, bring it back stack, um, with the bills there and gets me kind of four guys in this Buffalo Miami game. Um, Ooh. And I, I really like the bring it back uh, concept this year. I'm trying to trying to roll that in as much as possible. Very nice. Well, we saw, I mean, three games that were great for the bring it back: Seattle, Atlanta, Carolina, Las Vegas, and then uh, yeah. Green Bay, Minnesota. Awesome bring it back opportunities. I'm going for tight end. I'm going to uh, Jonu Smith of the Titans at mm -hmm. home. 
didn't have an amazing game, but caught a touchdown. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He only had four catches. I could see him getting involved. He did have a touchdown though. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this Jags defense doesn't show up on the road. That that kind of tenacity they had in the goal line stands and stuff like that. And clearly he likes Jonu. Um, they just didn't get him involved in the game plan enough. I think they will this week. Forty two hundred dollars feels like the perfect price point for Jonu Smith of the Tennessee Titans. Kramer, flex. Well, I I put this guy in the Dick Olson would not be happy. I'm breaking I'm breaking the flex oh rules. God. I'm also I I wanted to put him there because I thought he might be more comfortable there, being able to identify with whatever position he felt like he needed to identify. And that's Zeke Elliott. I know Ooh. he's gone through some stuff wow, this offseason. He's faded. That is a disgusting. G- act. Gives me a, a fourth guy from this game. I, I'm going two two timer both ways. I got a I got a Zeke Gallup stack, and I got a Ryan Ga- Gage stack on the other side. So Ryan, if Zeke has a big game, are you gonna lift up your shirt and like slap your stomach? Are we gonna <laughs> see you watching? Are we gonna see you wearing crop tops in the studio? If I wear a million, I'll, if I, if I, if this lineup brings me home, Sean, I'm dressing like Zeke for the next, oh. the next episode. Okay. I was going to say for a month, but all right, we'll take one episode. <laughs> Halloween costume this year. Zeke Elliott faded Zeke Elliott. Shouldn't be that hard. John, what are you doing? Uh, what are you doing for your flex spot? So, so we talked about a little bit at the top with uh, Josh Jacobs being the chalk last week um, against Carolina. And so I, you know, I'm going to go back against Carolina here this week in the flex. I mean, their, their defense does not look good. I don't think they're, they're going to be a, a good defense all season. Um, so, so I could put Leonard Fournette in here at 4,800 who got five rush attempts and five yards, or I could pay $400 more and plug in Ronald Jones here. who got 17 attempts, 66 yards. I don't know. It's an easy call for me. I'm plugging in Ro- Rojo and hoping that uh, he he finds Pater a couple times. Like it, it. It's a great matchup. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly. Yeah, I'm not normally a Ronald Jones guy, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think Tampa Bay is going to go off in general. Like you could tell, Arians, Brady, they were all kind of uh, chipping, getting ready to go. Uh, you know, they were kind of got embarrassed there. See so. if Brady can, you know, see if he still has it. I was really shocked at this price point. Um, Demarcus Robinson of the Kansas City Chiefs, that high-powered Chiefs offense. He's only thirty-five hundred bucks, and oh, wow. here's what I'll say: he he <clears throat> out-targeted uh, Miko Hardman. Miko Hardman had one catch on one target. Now Demarcus Robinson dropped a couple, um, so maybe maybe Mahomes has lost confidence, but he still had six targets. Only got three for twenty out of it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy in the three wide, four wide. If he goes off against uh, a Chargers secondary that's not super deep, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to spread him out, and Demarcus Robinson gets a, you know, gets a touchdown, he, gets involved. He see, I, I think I saw something where he lined up next to Tyreek Hill a lot, so he was he was getting the advantage of Hill drawing the coverage or drawing the eye of. The well, safety. yeah, and especially uh, Sammy Watkins coming off a big game, you have to put someone on Hill or or double yeah. him or put a safety back. It just seems like. Robinson at that price point, especially could squeeze off a, uh, a nice game. Kramer, close it, bring it home defense. This is unbelievable. Two weeks in a row. You have an elite pass rush as the cheapest defense. Yeah. I mean, as much as I could, could talk myself into the dolphins here, Josh Allen at times looks like he's unaware of the rules of football. He has a very high variance potential, uh, but 
Yeah, give me the Chargers. I, I just yeah. two thousand. Yeah, I don't know why I'm I, I, that they have a pass rush. Period. Well, and and th- so their floor is at least it's four or five points. So for being the cheap cheapest defense, that's silly. I had the red. I mean. The football team, same logic last week, paid off nicely. Yeah, I, I think the best strategy is just take a cheap defense, punt it, and and hope they come up with a special teams play, or you know they kind of go off defensive line wise, and and certainly Chargers have that defensive line, and we saw I'm I'm blanking on the kid's name, but uh, the Chargers kick return got one uh one oh, return yeah. in particular, he got it out to like midfield, so. We didn't see any. I don't think we saw any returns for a touchdown. Pretty explosive return, and uh, it certainly could happen there. John, close it out. What are you doing at defense? Yeah, I'm. I'm totally on board with you guys on on punting at defense, and uh, maybe like last week, Washington, New Orleans, Chargers. They all were the high scores, and they were all under three thousand. Um, so, so this week, I'm I'm going with Kramer's G-men. I'm sticking in the Giants. Um, and uh, yes. we're gonna oh we're gonna bring uh, Mitch Trubisky falling right back down to earth here, um, and <laughs> I, I could see a couple. I, I just feel like two interceptions are uh, are kind of the floor for the Giants this week. I love it. I, I do. I am excited to see what they can do against a less confident quarterback. Well, I would like to see. I mean, I, I'm disappointed this game's not in prime time, but then it probably wouldn't be in the Millionaire Maker. Give me the Indianapolis Colts mm. at home. Nice bounce back opportunity against the Vikings. Vikings non-conference road game. I mean, granted they put up a lot of points, but some of that was in garbage time. And you saw Kirk Cousins. He took a couple sacks, a lot of pressures, took a safety. I, I think Indy uh, at home that defense they kind of go off, turn Minnesota over a couple times. It just seems like a great bounce back spot for Indy, and I, I could see Minnesota. They're it's just a tough matchup for them. The more I look at it. I mean, yeah. I think, I think, I think they'll pound Davin a lot and Thielen will have his PPR points, but yeah, I think we overlook the, uh, the time that it will take for them to rebuild that defense. And you also, you forget because they lost the game outright in Jacksonville, but the Colts did have four sacks. So certainly they have the ability to get some pressure. Well, and we, we started talking about this on the, uh, a couple of times on the college show. I think we even touched on the recap show, but Jacksonville kind of maximized that game. And they they only threw twenty. It was a lot. It was an odd game uh, statistically. So I, I don't know if you really can take too much away from the Colts. So it could be a great opportunity to buy very low on the Colts because they lost that spot in a yeah. divisional road game. And now they're like you said, they're hosting a non-conference road team. John, uh, everyone loves your DFS flow charts. They're really cool. A nice little visual way to set up a stack and put together some lineups. Cool little combos there. Do you have any? Any look ahead? I, I'm sure it's going to be coming out later in the week. SportsGamblingPodcast.com. But um, w- what are you looking at early that you like? Um, I mean, a, a lot of what uh what goes into the flowchart comes through in that kind of column that shows the under five percent ownership, and so kind of like to wait a little bit, get a little bit better feel for um where everybody's going to be at um with ownership. So I haven't really dug in too deep yet um, on going through it. But I mean, I did make some changes to it this year. Um, it, it had some success in week one. I mean, we had Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins in there. Um, unfortunately, Kirk um, put up kind of a dud. Um, but I mean, there were there was some 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 hits in there. So I'm, I'm excited to keep uh, keep rolling, rolling it going I, forward. I like the visual aid. It, it, yeah. It, you know, let's just say the bar is a little lower on, on some of the fans of the sports gambling podcast <laughs> network. Simple is easy yeah. and visual visual products help people get to the finish line. While you're on your phone, you don't want to read a 
I mean, some long articles are cool, but also it's nice to just be like, okay, who does he like? All right, that. And oh yeah, I could do that. You know what people don't pay attention to? Words. You know what people do pay attention to? Pictures. <laughs> pictures. Check us out on youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. You can see our pictures right there. <laughs> just a random guy I'm gonna throw out there. He's oh. in my he's in my other lineup, but here comes an eagle question. No, uh, oh. I mean, maybe of the Eagles, I, I think maybe wait and see if Sanders plays. He could be an interesting contrarian if if people are scared off by the injuries. Uh Ertz, I think, probably will have a bounce back game. I'm looking at Deontay Johnson. 40 uh oh. 4500 bucks for the Steelers. They're at home. And it's easy to lose sight of the fact that Juju had the two touchdowns yep. in that win, but Deontay Johnson had ten targets, heavily involved. Uh, he, he he muffed that punt. I had a crazy prop bet for him to have over 120 <laughs> yards. Feels like and you a got touchdown. Unlucky. You got unlucky. No, I mean he dropped a couple, whatever. Just as a as a guy who got double digit targets last week in a favorable spot now at home. Granted, it's Denver's defense, but Denver's on a short week. But double digit targets didn't really pop. Maybe he does this week. So Deontay Johnson is another little guy uh throw in there and keep an eye out. One one final question oh. for John. John, Scotty Miller. Do you think is Scotty Miller gonna keep this up for the entire season? Uh I don't think so. I mean y- you never know with these stinking bucks and Tom Brady. I mean, um, but I was kind of more going on the Justin Watson train and, and that didn't really happen. But uh, I, I don't know. I think Evans gets healthy and, and Evans and Godwin are, are kind of running, running with it. Yeah. Makes I don't sense. Know. Brady does like his little, uh, his I know it's just so funny. It looks exactly like Edelman and uh, yeah, Amendola. Did, did Miller play? Did he, did he play lacrosse or no. <laughs> well, I mean, it, he most certainly must have. That's the only reason he's down there in Tampa. John appreciate you calling in. Make sure you give John a follow on Twitter at John Boy Beats, J O N B O Y Beats, and uh, check out all his uh, awesome DFS fantasy stuff, flow charts over at the Sports Gambling Podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. Bet QL, baby. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. I know sometimes when I'm dabbling in some new sports. Hey, what's going on? I don't. I, well, who 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 should be the favorite? Where's the sharp money coming in at? Yeah. Can an algorithm help me out? The algorithm—they do it all for you in 2020, including giving you five-star best bets. Hitting out a a nice clip there. My raging Cajuns uh, money line upset, courtesy of uh, some help from BetQL.co. Of course, that was a sweet cash. And uh, all you got to do, head to the App Store, Google Play Store, download that BetQL. And if you want the premium stuff, betql.co, enter code SUP20 for 20% off. betql.co, enter, pro, enter promo code SUP20, 20% off. Bet smarter, not harder with BetQL. Joining us on the line, site editor for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and co host. Of the NBA gambling podcast, Ryan, rich, fat, baby McKee. How you doing? What's up? <laughs> Technically, I'm the host, and oh, sorry. Uh, Zach is the co-host. Okay, I like. I don't it. know if that makes any sense, but uh, I want some seniority there. I was gonna actually correct Sean, but thank you, thank you, Ryan. I, of course, <laughs> all Ryans must stick together. Yes, and yeah, thank uh, you, Ryan. The Ryan on the line right now, Ryan, rich, fat, baby McKee. Fortunately for him, his team was the only NFL team that won this week, <laughs> in spite being a seven-point home dog. It's oh, got to feel great. 
DeAndre Hopkins goes off. Kyler comes up. Uh, it's they a weren't big, a home dog. Oh, they sorry, were in road San dog. Yeah, yeah, very dog. But uh, did you have any? Did you have any cards money line going on? How, how much were you believing in this cards team week one? I definitely had some cards money line, and you know, I, I I bet it blindly at first, just because you know I'm a homer. But Hashtag then. Uh, then I read John Jackson's uh, trends piece about fading yeah. the Super Bowl loser, and it made me put even more money on it. <laughs> and I gotta say, I lost some money tonight on the Clippers, but I'm okay because I was way ahead on the NFL for the, maybe for the first time ever on my first NFL Sunday, thanks to John Jackson. There's Love nothing it. like a, a, a good a season that starts off with the win. Yeah. It, well, normally you're, you're, I'm updating spreadsheets in the morning. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Let me tabulate our our record. Ooh, this is look at me. I'm in the top five hundred in the circa millions. Ooh, this is how half of the survivor pool's gone. That Whoa. Was, that was I'm not awesome. half that's out, you losers. <laughs> Cardinals would have been an awesome survivor pick. Oh, real onions. Yeah, that is a bold move, but yeah, we're recording this just after it happened. Clippers losing game seven to the nuggets. Nuggets were down three, one felt like they had their shovel out ready to dig the grave for this nuggets team. And they said, not so fast. I, I was on the nuggets. I was on the nuggets plus seven and a half. Uh, but now I feel like an idiot for not just taking nuggets money line. What was, I mean, it sounded like you said you were on the Clippers. How shocked are you about this outcome? I'm really shocked. I mean, so the Denver Nuggets are the first team in NBA history to come back twice in one playoffs from down three one. They were down three one in the first round to the Utah Jazz. Then they were down three one to the uh to the Clippers. They've gone six and zero oh in elimination games. That is unheard of. That's of crazy. course, I bet the Clippers tonight. <laughs> I felt like it had to return to the mean, and I also had, I you know, I had like a sizable bet on the Clippers to win it all from before the bubble. And uh, yeah, that's shit now. So. Um, <laughs> I bet, you know, I, I gotta say like, even though I had my money on the Clippers, I could not help, but root for the yeah. nuggets. They're such a likable team. Yeah. That is fun. When you are a rec league team, when you lose a bet, but you're still rooting for the team that's beating you at some point. Cause you're like, okay, my bet's screwed. I'm not covering seven and a half. Why not just root for this crazy upset and to see history. They have the crafty, like soup look super unathletic, but somehow makes incredibly athletic plays. I mean, Murray is just straight up full blown, just biggest balls in the play. I I'm excited for the matchup against our guy, LeBron. Cause yeah. So now obviously nuggets moving on to square off against the Lakers, LeBron AD. Um, yeah. I mean, it should be, uh, it should be a great series. What are your early thoughts here? McKee on this Western conference matchup? Well, I gotta say, um, I do think is this is even a more interesting matchup than the Clippers Lakers because the Clippers had so many problems guarding Jokic. I kept thinking, how are they going to be able to guard AD? You know, like now they've kind of the 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 Nuggets have kind of shown the Clipper or the Lakers the script to how to beat the uh, Clippers, and uh, this is gonna you know this is gonna be a they're going to roll them and it's not going to be the fun LA on LA series that we thought. 
And then, you know, Nuggets just washed all that away. <laughs> and now I think we have a really interesting head to head with AD and Jokic. I mean, come on. Like, we thought the big men in the NBA were dead. And here we are, like, going into the Western Conference Finals with the two stars, the big men. And I said this to Sean uh, before we, we started this segment. It felt, in a weird way, Denver is is like a very neutralizing team to, to, to the Lakers. And back to your original point, like I, as much as I love to root for LeBron and, and I, and I, I sit here and I feel bad for the children because they don't get to, they don't get a LeBron Zion Williamson is not LeBron. They don't get a LeBron. We get LeBron. We want to see LeBron win another championship, but damn, I, I'm not, I don't know if I can root against this Denver team. Well, and and so Plus, weed's legal in Colorado. Let's go, <laughs> baby. Smoking my weed. I know it's legal here too, but that's that's irrelevant. Jared Smith probably thinks he's in Colorado right now, <laughs> high out of his mind. Now, yeah, no problem. Him playing mile high. <laughs> well, that's interesting too, because the the Nuggets get to the Western Conference Finals without using a very real home field advantage that is playing at elevation. Yeah, Miami Heat. They just came off a win uh, over the Celtics. It's crazy to think that. Uh, I mean, if no one had Nuggets, Lakers, Heat, Celtics, I don't think when we started the season, so much has changed. No. How much do you think? Uh, <laughs> how much do you think uh, the upsets uh, have have been tied to the fact that there we are in a bubble? I mean, probably all of it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, where it's 2020, this is uncharted territory. Who knows anymore? That's what's so fun about it. I mean. The reason that I'm in such a good mood right now, even though I lost money, is because I have been on the heat the whole time and won a sizable chunk on them in the last series, but they were uh, not favored. And uh, I was touting them the whole time. So I got to say, like, if you had bet the Nuggets versus the Heat, in the for the final matchup preseason, you would be, um, um, I mean, you'd be giddy right now. I mean, I, I can't yeah, imagine what would be what, like where your head would be. Thousand to one. If you just bet on them to win the series when they were down three one both times, <laughs> yeah, like, seriously, you're feeling great. I, I, as someone who sweated out a minus two hundred them to win the first series and got there. Yeah. I, I looked at the price as it went plus 200 plus four. And it was like, do I, do I lean in more? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just happy if this comes home. But man, if you yeah. had just, if you were in a, a completely irrational nuggets fan who was just, Oh wait, well, hold on a second. Uh, I'm going to the ATM. I'm coming back with more cash. I'm betting twice as much the next game. Boy, you'd be uh you're rolling. Well, in Colorado early, early on in yeah. uh, getting sports books going in the state. So I have a feeling they've, they've been whacked pretty hard by, you Ooh. know, by that, those serious prices and, and just the nuggets and Jokic rolling. It's weird though. Cause they've had moments where they've looked pretty bad uh, in, in some of those losses, but man, you're right with the, with them again, the backs against the wall, they just come out well-coached team. Uh, Murray is just been going light lights out shooting super fun team to watch. What do you think the series price opens at Lakers nuggets McKee? I mean, I honestly have no idea at this point because the, uh, the nuggets were plus 900 to win this last series at the beginning of the series <laughs> plus 900 and the Clippers were at minus 1500. 
Uh, I, I mean, I'm glad I'm not a bookmaker right now. Cause I don't know where I would set this. I, uh, certainly the, the nut you're right. The nuggets did struggle at some points, but overall they had a really good series uh, because they were coming off a very strenuous seven game series against the jazz. They only had like a day of rest and then that roll right into the Clippers. So of course they lost game one. I mean, you could chalk that up to a schedule loss. Really? Maybe they should have taken this in six. Yeah. And uh, I you saw I, that clip of Murray when he was informed that he had to play like the next day, he goes, yeah. really? We got to <laughs> fuck. We got to really, I think, well, I think they actually had one day off, but that still wasn't yeah. enough for him. Uh, someone just tweeted out that the odds of the nuggets to win the Western conference when they were down three to one was 66 to one. And there, the odds of them to win the championship were a hundred to one when they were down wow. three to one. So, I mean, you have a pretty sweet hedge opportunity here, even though the Lakers, I'm going to say Kramer, I'll guess the line here. I think they, you have to so show some respect for this nuggets team. I think it's going to be like plus three fifty for the nuggets. Oh, so yeah, the yeah serious that sounds about right. I was going to say it, like, cause that, that it sounds a lot like the Lakers blazers Lakers are in the minus four fifty, maybe blazers in a plus three fifty. So maybe you think it's going to be the late. See, I think they have to, don't they have to make the Lakers a bigger favorite or they'll get crushed. Well, I think they, I, I think at minus 500, you think it's minus five. So now you're, you're stretching it maybe up. So maybe, plus, yeah, maybe, maybe it's close to maybe. four. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna look back to the first round matchup between the Clippers and the Mavs that had a minus six twenty plus four sixty, maybe somewhere in that range. I, I but just, I, I think once it opens, because of how fun this Nuggets team is, and I think outside of LA, people kind of like to hate on the Lakers. That maybe they will be getting some public money, right? Yeah, but where have the? Uh, yeah, I guess. It's, but you're right. The I mean, Lakers the are a public team too. It so. feels fool's gold if if they don't make it big enough, you know. And and then the the sharks will say, just buy it. I mean, the public was really on this Nuggets team going into Game Seven, which was another reason I took the Clippers. I was like, I gotta fade the public <laughs> here. And I mean, who knows? I mean, they people are rooting for them now. People think they've got like an in with the, these guys. So. Um. I, yeah. Again, glad I'm at the sports books right now because uh, this is gonna be hard to set. Yeah, and uh, God bless the people over at mybookie.ag. I was thought I I was trying to put a bet in on the Nuggets, mm. and uh, I didn't realize I had already submitted it. And I <laughs> hit the button twice. I ended up submitting two bets oh. on the Nuggets plus seven and a half. Obviously, winning both of them. So that was a nice surprise oh. when you you don't realize <laughs> you have a bet in. Why are normally, we Why are we blessing that, the people at my bookie? Well, I they mean, let you do it. It was it was tied to my juju. Whatever system they got going on there helped me win two bets. Oh, Sean. So uh, let's let's slide over to the Eastern Conference, McKee. Great again, back to back great games. I mean, I guess the Nuggets game was great just because of the the historical element of it. Didn't end up being a very close game towards the end there. But we're just coming off the heat, eked out a win against the Celtics in OT. Jimmy Butler, who I'm just so pissed the Sixers got rid of him. He's just such an FU energy guy that's so fun to watch. Yeah. He, he almost he's so good. He makes me want to drink Michelob Ultra. Um, I, I was high <laughs> on him. I and th- again, this Heat team's kind of fun. I hope they beat the Celtics because fuck Boston, but they're up one nothing. I'm worried, and the line I don't think's out for that game, but it'll probably be sitting around two. Or maybe one, or, or or who knows, a pick them. It real looks close. like I'm seeing I'm seeing uh, that the uh, Heat are now. Oh, that that Celtics are giving up two still. Yeah, yeah. So I would take the Heat one. 
I, I kind of think you got to take Celtics here. Brad Stevens, such a good coach, coming off a loss, a quick turnaround off the OT. As much as I hope Heat win, and I do think they have a good chance to pull out this series, I think Boston comes out with Game Two. Kramer, what do you what are your thoughts on the Eastern? My thoughts, you know, the more you think about the bubble, we we discussed how the elements of reality TV that it has. We we discussed how it's very rec league, right? Everyone's just kind of going to the gym and playing ball, and. I think for that reason, you have to just sit back and say, which, like, which are the two teams that you, if you're just the old guy sitting in the bleachers observing, which are the two teams that you're saying are getting there. And in the East, I think it's very clearly the Miami heat, because if you're an old guy in a gym, you respect the shit out of a guy like Jimmy Butler and you're not going against a guy like Jimmy Butler. And you're probably wanting to fade a guy like Brad Stevens. Cause he looks like someone you shoved in a locker when you were younger. Uh, none of those are good reasons to bet, but yeah, I I think if for all the talk I, I I said about Toronto, I'm not betting against Toronto until I see someone beat Toronto. Yeah. And I should be more impressed with Boston. Maybe I just hate Boston, but I I, I don't really want either team to win in the East. I, I'm I was if we could just truncate that side and just send <laughs> maybe COVID just send just send them off. I, I if I if you're making me pick, I'm picking the Heat. I I think for Game Two, I like your your zigzag theory. Yeah, but I'm still leaning Heat the, series. Celtics game two. I think if you like yeah, that, you I wait, right? Same you, thing. you wait on the series, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I also could see a version of this where the heat just come out and realize that, that maybe there's going to be a dog fight on the other side and they could actually get an advantage by wrapping up a little early and, and back, jumping back to the Western conference real quick or, or McKee, it sounded like you were on the same with uh game two leaning Celtics. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably lean Celtics, but um I mean, when it gets closer, I, I I love this Miami team so much that it's going to be hard for me. I, I gotta know. say, I, I wanted to get your guys's advice uh, before the bubble. I bet the heat to win the Eastern conference finals. I put $50 on it at 10 to one odds. Nice. What do I hedge at this point? Now that uh, now that you're probably you getting know. plus odds on the Celtics for the series price. I mean, yeah. What I would do usually in something like this, maybe you hedge just so you don't lose your 50 bucks, but I, I don't know. I, I love this heat team. They're tough for me to, and that's probably wouldn't why I wouldn't actually bet the Celtics, even though I like them game two. I just, this heat team is uh they got me fired. Here's up, my advice. You're not going to be that angry. If you lose 50 bucks, you're going to be pretty happy if you win 500. Yeah. And if you hedge, you're going to be like, God damn it. Why did I hedge? I knew it all along. Hedging's for well, pussy, I Sean. Duh. I don't How have dare all you? that sweet Hulu money that you did, Kramer. So fifty bucks uh, is more to me. I, then then buy out if you can. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, Kramer, come on. We it's, this is going to yeah. come up in uh, salary discussions. Fifty bucks is a lot of money, Ryan. I, I I I would not personally hedge. I like the Heat's position. I think you're in a good position, and I think you're you would be buying back at a discount right now. So let it roll, baby. Yeah, let it ride. I I don't know. Maybe. I, if, I want. I want to let it ride. I do want to let it ride. Yeah, I, I knew. I knew. Only. Channeling my inner Ryan. All right. So uh, I know you're going to be previewing the Western Conference, talking more about the Eastern Conference with the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, we you can check out the link in the uh, episode notes. Before we let you go here, McKee, any early thoughts on the matchup? Uh, things you like uh, in the Western Conference? Series, I, I I don't think it's out yet, but if they show us a game total over under of like five and a half, I'm gonna be all over that because I, I think oh, you're this saying could, it's going deep. 
Yeah. And especially, you know, not to be conspiracy theory, Sean or whatever, but <laughs> the NBA needs all the help it can get as far as like keeping LeBron in a little bit longer go. Cause they're going up against, you know, the uh, NFL golf, like so much other stuff's going on. I wouldn't be surprised if they make sure LeBron stays around a little bit longer. You're saying they don't want you, you you're saying the NBA would prefer LA Boston and not Denver Miami. Well, I'll say <laughs> I'll say that, but also I don't think they want a Lakers sweep. They want to get that extra 5-6 or maybe 7th game. So I would lean towards my the play that really makes sense to me early at least is taking the Nuggets Lakers over game. If they what do you think it'll be like 5 and a half? Usually that's kind of what they would it's, say. It's probably going to it's probably going to start around be, between five and a half and six and a half. Uh, here's what I'll say though. I think a smart bet. We'll have to see what the total is set at, but um, I'm going to go ahead and just say, start leaning under on those totals because this uh, Clippers nuggets series, all seven games, none of the seven games went over. Six of them went under and one tied. And, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't didn't the Nuggets have some crazy over streak going on earlier in the playoffs? Or yeah, well, earlier on. So so I I feel like maybe yeah they're regressing to the meme and uh th- well they've also gotten a lot of their def- they had some defensive perimeter guys hurt that were uh and that are back now and they they've really been shutting down. I mean that was a big reason why Kawhi. And Paul George couldn't couldn't score like they're used to. Is like the uh, Denver's perimeter guys really shut them down. So I think that the Lakers are a bit of a slower paced team as it is. So uh, don't be afraid to bet the under here. I know it's you know I know life's too short to bet unders, but <laughs> uh, I, if you want to make some money, it's a good look right there. Uh, yeah, LeBron's got to stay fresh, Sean. That's all it is. I I I just. Denver, Miami would be a much, much more fun. Oh, that would be great. I, I hope one of those, one of the two kind of underdogs come in and, and make it to the finals. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be watching a bunch of uh, NBA coming up NFL stuff's getting wild. McKee, uh, what can people expect over at the sports gambling podcast website? Uh, well, you can check out uh tons and tons of great fantasy content we have going on right now. We have uh, a lots of, uh, we have going to have prop picks for the Thursday night game coming yep. up. We have a showdown uh, picks lineup for DraftKings for the Thursday night game. Uh, I believe we're having our best traffic ever in one day right now today because of Adam Pelletier's uh, fab article. Like if you, if you, if you don't know what to do with all your fab money or how much of it to, uh, to use on a certain player to pick up, he's got that all broken down for you. What percentage to put on each, uh, you know, section of player Uh, it's blowing up right now. So if you need fantasy advice, which I'm sure plenty of our listeners do right now after week one, Come over to the site. We've got all the free info you need. Never, never behind a paywall with us. Yep. No paywall. It's all free. So you can, uh, no walls at all for the right. No, no, we're a wallless. Uh, we don't believe in walls. We are uh, not big into doing stuff with my hands. So yeah. I'm not building a wall. There you go. 
<laughs> everyone's everyone's welcome here. It is interesting to read a guy's fantasy column and then be playing that guy <laughs> in our dynasty league. Creates interesting, uh, you know, a little. Uh, we get an extra little peek. I guess they could say the same thing when they listen to the DFS uh, podcast or whatever. I, uh, I beat him in week one, and oh. he was not happy about it because <laughs> I do not know a lot about fantasy football, and he. <laughs> Hey, better. I just kind of got lucky. <laughs> better lucky than good, but uh, yeah, tons of good stuff over oh, there. Yeah. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast. Uh, link in the show notes. Thank you, Rich Fat Baby McKee. Have a good night, man. Yeah, thank you. And I'll just say this uh, Zach, uh, Swiss Bank Broner, he got his own gambling nickname now, uh, Swiss Bank. Uh, we are going to be taping uh, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to be doing a deep dive into the uh, upcoming series. Both uh, we'll have the lines by then. So anything we weren't able to cover tonight, we'll be doing it tomorrow morning. Awesome! Make sure you check that out. Thanks, Bikki. Thank you. Ace per head. That's right, ace per head. Get you completely set up to becoming a small business owner. Stop trying to just beat the bookie and become a bookie over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. Use that link and get up to six weeks free. Plus, Aceperhead offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. It's a pretty sweet setup. All you gotta do is uh, head over to aceperhead.com slash SGP. They get you going today. Some of the sharpest lines in the industry and customer support going 24 7. It's just that easy to become your own bookie over at aceforhead.com slash SGP. Joining us on the line, SGPN golf expert and co-host of the new golf gambling podcast available on the sports gambling podcast network feed, Steve Shermer. Steve, what's happening, man? Not much. And uh, I know we just started uh, the NFL and there's all that craziness to it, but I love the fact that we have a major in September right now. It's one of my favorite majors of the year, the U S open, and it's going to be one hell of a tournament. And uh, thanks for having me on to uh, talk about it with you guys. Yeah, Sean, Sean, hold on. You're telling me we're going to have Sunday golf. Check. So will, are we going to have to have an afternoon fourth TV (laughs) on the golf? I, I think we will be we watching some to. golf. This we'll crowbar fabulous. some in. Love this, Steve. Uh, real quick, your thoughts on the NFL <laughs> Week One? Daniel Jones made a uh, is there in prime time Monday night against the Steelers. All rise, Joe Judge. Kramer was not banging the gavel. Any sort of positivity from that Week One game for you and the Giants? Are, are you guys just trying to bait me into a rant? Like I had a couple of weeks ago on the golf gambling podcast when I just, I ripped apart the FedEx got playoffs with a few F bombs and uh, there. Steve, by the way, uh, overwhelming, a, a positive reaction yes. to the Steve rant. Uh, people didn't know you had it in you. So thank you. I think they want more of it, but let's it's early, Steve. There's nothing to panic about. The defense looked pretty good. The highs were high with Daniel Jones and the lows were low. They got to figure out the offensive line, but the Steelers have a good defense. Yeah, I mean, all right, let, let's point out a couple <laughs> positives. Um, Darius Slayton looked great. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think uh, there was a lot of buzz around him in the preseason. I, I think, you know, I heard some comps that he maybe he was just a you know maybe like a Robbie Anderson type, but he's definitely a lot more. He's a good he's a good route runner. I mean, he played great last night. That's really encouraging. Um, Evan Ingram is not hurt yet. As far as I know, yeah. that's, that's, that's good. Uh, he huge. can't catch. He can't catch, 
but oh. you know, he's not hurt yet. I mean, I, I honestly, like I, 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 so I got back from vacation yesterday and I was crunching numbers, you know, for, for golf and I, I had the game on, so I wasn't watching as closely as I did, but I mean, every time I watch it, it really looked no different than last year. It just it, a lot of the same problems, you know, they can't block Daniel Jones has his moments, but then he just turns into just a nightmare at times. I just, and then the play calling, like how, how do we have Saquon Barkley, you know, uh, this elite running back that we spent the, what the number two pick on. And we can't, we can only manage 15 carries for six yards because of just awful blocking. There's guys meeting him the black in the backfield, every play. Well, and, like, and, and I wish I was on the, uh, the, my bookie uh, prop uh, calculator there because big Ben to have more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley would have paid off a ton. All right, Steve, we won't, we won't force well, you to try and uh, talk it, giants it, anymore. I will say I do. I do agree with Steve. It, it is impressive that they were able to get destroyed. I'm, I'm hoping the Steelers just have a all world defensive line, which is possible, but God, that offensive line looked bad <laughs> again. Solder's gone. They're still bad. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, like who, who's the center they have now? I mean, how many replays did I see of him just whipping around looking for somebody as two guys just he won't stream be, past him? He won't be the starter next week. Uh, oh God, Sean, it, while we're on the topic, I was going to save it for the NFL show, but I might as well just share it now. I uh, got got the text uh, from from not from not the dad, but from the mom telling me dad says the Giants are horrible again. <laughs> Well, so she nailed that, it. That's how bad it is. I'm getting it from the third degree. Anyway, it, it, does, it does suck when your mom weighs in on your sports and they team. They got losses. Trubisky this weekend. The defense might be good. Uh, I don't show. know. Truth Bisky could have himself a game. <laughs> All right, let's talk U.S. Open. The wing, winged foot golf mm. club. That's where it's happening. Steve, walk us through what kind of players are going to succeed at winged foot in the U.S. Open. Well, if you guys saw on sportsgamingpodcast.com, I think on Sunday, I think the article went up. I, I did an extensive preview of the golf course. I gave you guys videos. I gave you guys flyovers. Uh, yeah, flyovers, some leaderboards back in 2006 as like kind of a reference point of what worked well there because we haven't seen a major championship there in 15 years. So, you know, whenever you go to a golf course like that where there just isn't a lot of history, you have to really dissect the course, especially the U.S. Open, where it's really critical to make sure you target the right guys because it's so demanding and so hard. So, um, you know, if you want to go check that out, uh, go to the article and like you'll get a you know full preview of it. So, but I want to give a couple of key updates of things that I've heard so far this week uh, from the USGA. You know, looking at the weather reports and you know, kind of really refining the types of guys you want to look at. So let's talk about the weather first. Um, so, you know, the hope going in is that Wayne would play, play really firm and fast. And that's, what's going to happen because there's no rain in the forecast. So we don't have to worry about, you know, a lot of rain dumping on it, soften up the fairways and soften up the greens. So it's going to play pretty tough and firm and fast for everybody. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about the rough this, uh, this week, you know, the move into September, um, actually was pretty beneficial for the golf course just because, you know, up here in the Northeast, you know, there's not a whole lot of growing season available to really thicken the rough up by June. You know, they do a pretty good job of it anyways, but this had an entire summer in order to grow the rough. So the rough is thick. There's graduated rough. Um, you know, they're talking about the first cuts only three inches, which, you know, sounds great that, you know, I, I heard a couple of USGA guys give interviews and saying that, you know, balls in that first cut are rough. The, you know, some of the balls are going to be perched up and a lot of guys can get good contact on it. Well, that sounds like good news, but it really isn't just because of how firm 
the greens are and how tricky and complicated they are. You have really no idea where the ball is going to go out of the rough. Either you're going to fly or lie, or maybe you blast it well left and anything either. If you miss the green, anything either pin high or long, you're basically dead. It's so hard to get up and down for par on the golf course with how these greens are just so fast and undulated. You really have to be in the right spots overall. So, um, you know, at the beginning of the week, I, you know, was harping on accuracy is going to matter. I think hearing this is really going to make it really matter. Uh, it, it just really ups the importance that of, of hitting the fairway. We kind of saw that a couple of weeks ago, the BMW championship where guys who were in the fairway had such a huge advantage over guys that were just blasting out of the rough all week. So, you know, I, I gave a couple points in the preview column on Sunday, but I'm going to really just dumb it down um, even further for you guys. Just overall, like when you're looking, <laughs> Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. I need it as dumb as possible, Steve. That's what I want. Also, I just well, learned got, another golf word undulated. Ooh, yes, undulated yes, greens. I love it. I'm, I mean, you're going to be hearing a lot of that. It's going to be, uh, you know, if, if you hear that, you'll take a drink basically. But um, so. I, I'm going to simplify it for you guys. When you're looking at players, because there's 144 players in the field, what are guys that do a lot of things pretty well? Not elite, but there's a lot of ways they can score and say par and get off of a hole and go to the next one. And then what are guys that are really limited by how they golf? You know, like they have to have X go right. And if that doesn't go well that day, then they really struggle. And you'll start to see you know, like kind of these guys who are like five tool players, like they say in baseball, those are the ones you really want to target this week because this golf course, if you don't have, if you're deficient in a certain area or you don't have it, or, or if you have a mental lapse at the wrong moment, you're making bogey, you're making double bogey. And the scores are just going to pop, you know, the bogeys are just going to pile on the scorecard after that. But if you're the type of guy that, because not everybody's going to have their a game every day. If you're the type of guy that has a lot of different ways to make par, whether you can get up and down for par or you can make crucial putts or you can hit the fairway exactly when you need to, those are the type of guys you want to target this week. And those are going to be the type of, type of guys that are at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the day. Yeah, it sounds like accuracy is at a premium this week, especially. And also, you had pointed out in, in your column that you think, or you've kind of heard, or people have predicted that. Uh, the winner of the U.S. Open won't have a uh, a below par score. That'll actually be a plus one, is plus drip, two, possibly. Is drip one of the tools? Because <laughs> Ricky Fowler has like five tools of drip. So I don't know. Maybe I'll get. It. He's in the lineup again. I'm just kidding. Dustin Johnson. He's been heating up, but he's also come up short a number of times in major championships. Uh, most recently, second in the PGA Championship. Is this the uh, the major that he breaks through, Steve? What do you think? Well, I mean, he's certainly set up for it. I, and I think the last time we saw him play this good heading into a major, it was that infamous 2017 masters where allegedly he fell down some stairs and got a back injury and withdrew. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that was the last time I saw him. I mean, he's always been very good, um, you know, tournament term. He's had a lot of success in the PGA tour, but I, I mean, I think, you know, this stretch he's on, this is the best stretch in recent form of guys I've ever tracked. I, I mean, over his last four rounds, he's gaining 2.4 shots T to green. That is obscenely high. You know, he's even putting well. too. I think he's averaging close to over a stroke per round putting too. It's just, it's been an absolutely insane run he's on, but you know, I mean, th there's some nits you can pick with him and I think it might reveal why he just can't 
ever seemed to get it done in a major other than the 2016 U.S. Open at Oakmont. Um, you know, one of the weaknesses of the game is that, you know, he's not a very accurate driver, which, you know, most golf courses on the PGA Tour, it doesn't really matter because the rough isn't very high. The greens are really soft. It's it his length off the tee provides him such an advantage that you just gouge out of the rough and hit the green. Well, you can't really bomb and gouge wing foot and he hits less than 60% of his fairways. And just with how firm the fairways are and how the golf course kind of turns, there's a lot of dog legs. It's really going to, you know, shorten up the landing zone off the tee for everybody. So he might find himself hitting out of the fair, hitting out in the rough, you know, a lot more than would be used to. And that's just not really you know, that's not going to work this week. He's going to miss a lot of greens if he's doing that. So he's going to have to really make sure maybe he has to dial it back off the team with a three wood or a driving iron to make sure he's hitting from the short grass. But the driving actually is a little bit of concern. He's not that great of a scrambler. He's scrambling pretty good late, but just in his career, that's been his weak spot. And, you know, like he always seems like they'll show him on the highlights um, and the stats bear it out too. He just isn't very good from like four to eight feet, you know, putting for par, putting for birdie. You know, he, he tends to miss a lot of those putts and, you know, those are definitely the putts this week that the winner's going to have to have because, you know, if, if most guys are going to have to really lean on their scrambling, cause it's, it's going to be a very demanding uh, ball striking week and make it very difficult for everybody. And if you're scrambling from off the green, which is how fast there are, you know, you're going to have a lot of intermediate putts that you have to make. That's why you see like a Brooks Koepka do so well at the U S open because he can nail those five foot putts. Dustin Johnson kind of can't do that. So, you know, I mean, he's the highest value in DraftKings this week. I think he's like seven to one, eight to one to win. Stay away. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's playing green. If he ends up winning, I, I can't argue against it, but I mean, he's not bulletproof and you know, I mean, I, there's definitely a path where I can see him coming short again. Well, it, it just, you called it out earlier. The, the, the mind is going to play a part in this one. And when you, when you walk into this and you see the two most expensive golfers are Dustin Johnson and John Rahm, you just, you just can't help but think how, <laughs> how do these guys screw this up? Because they're, 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 they both fit that profile of guys. I wouldn't want to bet on this weekend. Well, and, and maybe not to win, but maybe a top 10 finish wow. for Dustin Johnson. That seems, I mean, and you might be able to get some even odds over at my bookie on that or, or some, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but he like might fall down some stairs this week. I don't know. <laughs> He's, he is West. He, I mean, the course is in Westchester, New York, not that far from the city. Dustin mm-hmm. could get in some trouble. Yeah, a little snowstorm, late night snowstorm. <laughs> never know. Well, you know, tiger woods, never, uh, never stayed away from trouble, at least for a long time, got in trouble, <laughs> fell from grace. Then he worked his way up, had the one major, but kind of been quiet ever since. Steve, do we, is there a tiger sighting this week or, or is he still getting a ton of public action? Well, I mean, I, I so I posted the column up on Reddit this week and I, and I had a commenter uh, basically take some of the points that I made of guys that you want to target for the U S open. And he took all the four points and he just said, well, tiger Woods is going to win. And, and I had a conversation, you know, a polite conversation with him. He <laughs> said, no, you're a moron. You're wrong. So let's, let's go through these points of what, what I you know said for a guy who is probably going to win. So you got to have a good combination of length and accuracy off the tee. Mm-hmm. Tiger does not check that box. I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't average over 300 yards off the tee anymore. You know, it's part of that is the reason why he doesn't hit driver a whole lot sometimes, but you know, part of that is just, he's getting old and the swing speed just isn't there because of the back problems. And he's not accurate either. He's actually one of the more inaccurate drivers off the tee this year. So that's already a big demerit. You know, you got to hit your irons. Well, 
He's still a pretty good iron player, so he checks that box. Um, you have to scramble pretty well this week because there, you know there's going to be a lot of it, the the rate that you're going to miss the green is higher at wing foot just because of how firm the greens are, and you're going to be hitting more balls out of the rough just because of how narrow the fairways are. He's a really bad scrambler. That's been one of the weakest parts of his game this year. And he got to nail the four to eight foot putts for par just to keep it moving. And while he doesn't qualify because he hasn't played enough rounds, he would rank 164th on tour. If he had enough like rounds or to measure his performance putting from that range. So he's not putting well, he's not scrambling. Well, I mean, he's really inaccurate off the tee. I don't, these are the same problems that played him for the last four tournaments. And while he's not missing cuts, he is barely relevant on the weekends, other than the fact that PJ tour live or whatever feature group coverage is going to show them just to, you know, get the fans what they want. I don't know what you want from tiger at this point. Like the, the fact that we don't, we don't really know how he's going to do coming into a tournament because it all depends on how his back feels and he's never going to tell us how it really feels. So the only thing we can really go on is just what you see on paper. And what on paper I'm seeing is a guy who has really no shot. So I, I don't see any real signs of hope that he's going <laughs> to even sniff contention. He's become a young, a young, uh, who, who, who's the, uh, who was the, the roommate of Jim Nance, Freddie couples. He's become a young oh. Freddie couples. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. hope he can make it to the weekend and the back hold uh, holds up. I'm well, with, I mean, it's, it's disappointing. It's sad. I used to like well, watching I, Tiger dominate. Well, one of the things that Tiger says, and actually, that's a really good point that you bring up Freddie Couples because both guys suffer back injuries. And I, I think one of the reasons why he's such a you know, really struggling putting right now is when you have a bad back, do you really want to hit 200 putts over and over? No, no you don't want to practice at all. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, you can, you can chip. I mean, you can even get by just swinging a club, but like when you're hunched over like that on putting green, just stationary, that does not feel good for your back. You can't practice putting. And I, I mean, I think the back is bothering him. Just the fact that he just hasn't been very good, you know, since the return Kramer, so you have would, to, uh, you have to give uh, tiger woods, your wobble board or I, I'm telling what is you. that Kramer had a bunch uh, of back problems and he got this wobble board that he stands on all day while they're, working. They're mostly gone. And I can hit, I can hit like 280 yard bombs now, like Phil Mickelson, maybe a little bit shorter. Well, than him, and, and of course, speaking of Phil Mickelson, I know uh, it's been popping off this story in the sports gambling slack. And of course, highly recommend uh, mm. hanging out in the sports gambling slack, especially on a uh, major weekend. Steve's always chirping away in there, giving you great little nuggets and insight. Highly recommend checking that out. But Phil Mickelson pointed out that someone, and I don't know who this guy is, put $45,000 <laughs> on Mickelson to win the US Open at 75 to 1. It's not bad. If it hits, it's what? Hashtag Dejans only. Like 3.3 million. Wow. And uh, I, I don't know, Steve. I mean, it's kind of crazy to put 45 K on any 75 to one. But if you were that guy, what do you think he's seeing in Phil, Phil Mickelson that warrants this sort of confidence? Well, I think he's getting a little delusional. The fact that he came basically a perfect drive away from winning 2006 and he won a senior tour event, which is basically <laughs> like, I mean, these are soft <laughs> golf courses. They're playing, I think, at sixty-eight hundred yards. Do they? What Pins tees are in the middle of the greens? Yeah. Do they play at the uh, old guy tees as well, or do they play from the full one? I mean, they still play from the full tees. Like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's still it's still longer than what we play. But like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you a question. What's it like to just 
throw away $45,000. I, I like it. And I hope I get in life where I can just do that because yeah. that's exactly what this guy did. I wow. mean, Phil has no chance to win. <laughs> a- absolutely no chance. And, and I like, I feel like it's like, you know, like, you know, a scene in the dark night when the Joker has his warehouse of cash and he just like everything burns. And I feel like this guy <laughs> just looked at Phil Mickelson and just threw the, <laughs> threw the match onto this big pile of cash. Well, and and, and it, just, it just goes up in flames. Cause that's exactly what he did. If you're going to do something crazy like that, do just like a round one winner, because that's like a much smaller say, I mean, there's a way easier case for Phil to have an amazing 18, maybe the first uh, round, and you can probably get similar odds versus like back to back to back. I mean, that's why it's, I mean, that's what really separates golf. There's probably amateurs out there that can shoot a 67 at wing foot, but they do it four days in a row. That's really what separates. And Phil, like, why not just take him as round one leader? I mean, if you're going to throw out something crazy like that, I mean, I, I one just, round, you could be really in the zone. Here's my take on it. He probably this is probably the equivalent of like a twenty five fifty dollar bet for this. This guy. is like That's when <laughs> I did a DraftKings Millionaire Maker lineup for every starting quarterback <laughs> and just said goodbye to twenty three times five dollars. I wrote it off. Didn't care about yeah, it. All right. That's probably what this guy's doing. Steve. Now, of course, if people want to check out your picks, DFS. You're going to be breaking it down a nice long podcast with your co-host Boston Capper. Make sure people check that out. That podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network feed. We'll have a link in the episode notes so people don't miss it. But Kramer and I, we'd love to get your thoughts. We're going to throw out just a couple of guys uh, that we're kind of oh. high on, and to see if you're on board as well. A DFS guy I like that I also took. I think thirty to one to win it all. Tony Finau, oh. ninety one hundred DraftKings coming in hot. Even the the back nine uh, of that BMW Championship, he had four birdies in a row. Uh, overall, he's been pretty hot. Four top eights in the past seven starts. Tony Finau, is he a, a play on for you, Steve? Well, I mean, he's going to be really popular in DraftKings this week. I think he's going to have ownership close to probably fifteen to twenty percent in most uh, most GPPs. Uh, I mean, listen, th- like you just nailed it. Like he is really good in these tough scoring conditions just because I mean, like he, he is, you know, he's a good ball shark. He's good. He's, he's good at a little bit of everything. You know, he's long off the tee. He's a good scrambler. There are a couple of red flags with him. He's not very accurate off the tee sometimes. So that can be a little bit concerning this week. He also can get a little squirrely with the putter, but you know, some of his better performances this year have come in us open type scoring conditions. Like at the Memorial, I think he was a 36 hole leader there played well, the BMW championship a couple of weeks ago, that was tough scoring conditions. So yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy like, I don't think, I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't bet on him to win just because I need to see him actually do it first. But you know, a top 10 prop, I think he's close to three to one this week. Ooh, I think that's he's pretty nice. good. He's pretty good in DFS as well. So I like the pick Kramer. Jesus. Well, I came prepared. I wanted to impress Steve. So I, I was, I'm giving you my pick to win, Sean. I'm going, okay. I'm going straight up. I, of course, play him in, in DraftKings too. Number one in the field strokes gained off the tee in the past hundred rounds on really difficult to hit fairways. Also second in opportunities gained over the past two months per fantasynational.com. Rory McIlroy. Ooh, wow! Uh, Haven't heard that name in a while. I when I when I was doing my prep earlier, I saw sixteen to one. I I now see fourteen to one to win it all. Is this Rory's time, Steve? Uh, do I have to be nice to you? Yes, yes. <laughs> no, you no, don't. Be me. Honest. Be mean. All right. So, he shits on all my picks. He can give you shit, Kramer. So I think 
I mean, Rory definitely hasn't been right ever since the restart. And one of the things that he pointed to was the fact he just had a baby. Mm. So, you know, that was kind of caught on his mind. He ended up playing pretty well. I think in the first round, East Lake kind of faded after that, you know, because of a lot of things just been plaguing him um, since the restart. The iron play has not been good, especially the wedge play. He hasn't been accurate off the tee, not putting well. He's not scrambling well. And kind of like what I said earlier in that, (laughs) <laughs> you want to pick guys who are good at a little bit of everything and then avoid guys who have a lot of different red flags. And Rory is one of those guys this week with a lot of red flags. And I mean, he is flying under the radar. This is actually a pretty good price for him. Oh, all right. I mean, There's a compliment for, there somewhere it, it, for, for and Rory standards. Usually he's under like, you know, 10 to one or anything that he's 14. One. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get to like 16 or 18 to one by the end of the week. So if you like him, if you think I'm wrong, maybe wait until <laughs> Thursday morning before betting him. But I mean, I don't really have a lot of high hopes for him. And actually, in fact, the U S open, you know, he's a former winner there and he finished top 10 last year, but in the three years before that in 16, 17, 18, he missed the cut. And that was at Oakmont, which was a really hard golf course. And there was a Shinnecock Hills, a really hard golf course. And then Aaron Hills was paid a little firm and fast, which kind of like is going to happen this, this year. So I, I don't love that pick. And listen, I, I hope I'm wrong because I hope you win some money, but I I'm not totally on board with it. Steve, I got two more for you. One of which, no, he's not in. It's a uh, it's a little a lower price to win it all than Tony Finau, who I also got I got Finau at thirty to one. Mm. This is a guy a little tighter odds. He's the winner of the U.S. Open in two thousand twelve, and he won it with a over par score at plus one seventeenth okay. in fairways hit in the twenty twenty <laughs> PGA Championship season, which I just found out ended. I guess they start twenty twenty one now. Yeah, the next season, I, so. I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> but the list I looked at. He hit. He's 17th in fairways. Hit at 67.3 percent. Webb Simpson, 25 mm. oh, to one. Well, that I'm on that one too. Okay. So Steve can See, co-evaluate can... this one. All right. Well, I will give you both compliments because Webb is a guy I really like this week, and he's going to awesome. be one of my bets bets to win this week as well. I mean, one one of the things I think people knock on him is that he's sh- quote unquote short off the tee. Well, I mean, he's not. Jim Furyk short. I mean, he still averages <laughs> 296 off the tee. That's only a yard shorter than Colin Morikawa, and it's longer than guys like Patrick Reed and Ricky Fowler. So he's not really that short off the tee. But when you combine the fact that he's long enough off the tee with his driving accuracy, I mean, that's a really good combination to set this yeah. up, up for success. Now, the one thing is that everybody's going to probably take about a 10 to 15 percent haircut on the number of fairways they're going to hit, just because it's going to be so firm. So he's not going to be as accurate as what he normally is, but you know, he should still have an advantage over the rest of the field just because everybody's going to be missing fairways. Um, I mean, you, you guys hit on it right now. You know, he's a great iron player, great scrambler. He's really reliable from five to 10 feet to make those clutch pars. Uh, and like I said, you know, the U S open, uh, he won in 2012, similar golf course where it was firm and penal rough. But when he scores over par, it could happen Long. again this week. Cox. All right, Steve, my last pick, my last golfer that I'm possibly riding. Again, make sure you check out the Golf Gambling Podcast to hear Stephen Capper's breakdown. My long shot, 140 to 1. The book, the bet is already in over at mybookie.ag. So hopefully, Steve doesn't say I'm a complete asshole. It's 140 to 1. But talk me out of 
Ches Reeve, Steve, sixty-nine oh, percent of the fairways hit. I played him before, Sean. Tied for third in the Safeway Open. If is if that isn't a sign, this man's gonna dominate come Sunday, or at least make the cut and give me a little bit of a sweat, Steve. Am I am I barking up the wrong Ches here? Well, let's rewind about a month ago because we all sat here in this very same podcast and said how much we love Ches Reeby for those exact same reasons. He's accurate off the tee. You know, he's a good ball striker. He just finished well in Memphis. And what did he do? He was awful all week. He tied for <laughs> 71st. Now you just mentioned that, you know, he tied for third at the Safeway, but the Safeway open, which you just mentioned, by the way, I don't know why they don't just take a week. I don't know why they just didn't take a week off before going to the U S open, but they wanted to jam in the new season, whatever. That's a whole different conversation. But anyways, finish third of the safe. <laughs> Steve, Steve versus like the, the, the golf uh, establishment, the golf administration. <laughs> they better watch I mean, it. Cause Steve's going to cut loose. I mean, I mean the golf gambling podcast is going to basically turn into <laughs> Infowars at this point with all my conspiracy <laughs> theories. But <laughs> anyways, I mean, so we finished third, the Safeway open. Uh, that's a really terrible garbage field. And it's a really easy golf course. I mean, the only comp uh, comparable to Silverado resort up in Napa and Wingfoot is in fact, there was Poana. So if you want to draw a little bit of comparison, the same grass types, but that's where it ends. And I mean, yes, he's very accurate, but he's a terrible scrambler. He's actually not that great of a putter inside eight feet. So he's going to be really popular this week. I think his projected ownership is going to be between 10 and 12%. And wow. his DraftKings price is 6,900 bucks. Yeah. I, I I'm staying away from him this week. I, I, and it's partially because I got burned at the PGA and I think his popularity is all driven because he played really well at Pebble beach last year, which is a better fit golf course for him than Wingfoot is going to be. And he finished third last week. And then, but other than that, there's a lot of red flags with him. So I, I'm not on board with that one either. That's what I love about Steve. We didn't tell him who we're going to talk about before, but he's already got 10 reasons lined up of why Ches Reeve is a horrific pick. Pretty Kramer, amazing. close things out. Who's your, who's your long, throw us a long shot. So, uh, you know, I was going to go with Scotty Scheffler, rest in peace. He's uh he's out. He got a little, got a little, got a little Rona, got a little of the Rona. Uh, happens so to the best of us. Uh, scratch that I'm going with Matthew Wolf Ooh. two F's uh, 65 to one. I, I, I wasn't able to, I was trying to find him as we were talking, get the, get the updated, but uh, yeah, he can hit it a mile. And uh, I think he's got uh, decent accuracy. You told me I needed to come with a long shot 55 to one. Okay. That qualifies that felt long enough. I, I, again, I didn't want to get made fun of for throwing Ricky Fowler in there <laughs> with the, the, the drip tool, Matthew Wolf. Am I on to something, Steve? Well, I think you are with his ball striking. Yes. He's been one of the best ball strikers over his last four tournaments. He's gained about a shot and a quarter per round Ooh. over his last four tournaments. And we saw him at the PGA championship. You know, he was really good there. The problem is I don't know if he's a good fit for a golf course where you have to hit a lot of pars. You know, he's definitely, he's, he's, he's a boomer bus guy and it really kind of depends on how he's putting on the day, but he's a guy who can pile on a lot of birdies. I don't know if he's the type of guy that can pile on a lot of pars and grind it out just because he doesn't do the little things. Well, like he's not very, he's not a very good putter inside eight feet, not a very good scrambler. He's not very accurate, you know? So, and he can't really overpower this golf course. Yes. He hits in a mile, but you know, it's, it's really going to be more about precision and that's not really what his game is. So while I like him overall, you know, I think when we talk about the in the Masters in November, I think he's going to be a guy I like mm. there just because, you know, it, it's it's a little more forgiving off the tee, and you know, birdies definitely are more 
you know, prominent there than they are this week. This week, though, I'm not as high on him as what I had been in the past. Sean, zero. We gave zero, uh, Steve zero prep work on the guys we were going to throw. Out Still there. able to dunk on like all a of them. Goddamn glossary. Yes, he he's a he's a walking machine of golf knowledge. That's why you got to check Man. out the Golf Gambling Podcast, co-hosted by the great Boston Capper. Which, by the way, they they've they've said, "I see you." College experience with your long ass episodes. <laughs> I believe the last one was a solid ninety minutes. So if hey. you want to hear a solid ninety of Steve just whipping through, whipping through golfers and shitting on the administration, you came. You to came to the Gambling right place. Podcast network. Feed. Steve, uh, appreciate it as always. Keep dominating uh, the podcast. There, love the stuff you and Capper are doing, and uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for participating in the Sports Gambling Podcast. For the Sports Gambling Podcast, I'm Sean. Stacking the money green, he is Ryan. Oh, football, golf, and basketball. What could possibly go wrong? Kramer, let it ride. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.